Hello, welcome to the One Patch Podcast, episode 444. How do you like that, Matt? Uh, 444? Yeah. It's a, is it like Skyrim's 111111? 11, 11, 11? Sure. Then I do enjoy it, yeah. And there's only two of us, and that divides evenly into a 444. Wait, 440, you're saying that 444 is, is divisible by two with no remainder? Yes. This is a fact. Okay, and a palindrome, although a, a I think a very weak one because it's just too easy. I absolutely don't know what that means. It's a it's one of those deals that um like race car spelled backwards is also race car. Ah, okay. Uh, I, I I have to admit I do steal this from um a podcast unlocked the IGN Xbox podcast. They do say like whenever their episode is like you know one oh one oh one, they'll say it's a palindrome. Who who does that podcast now? Brian McCaffrey. But somebody else as well? Uh or is it just random Destin, people? Destin Legary is like one of the regulars. Um, and then two other women that I can't remember the names of. Okay. Cause I was just I, I like IGN has so many podcasts that I've listened to over the years. Like I listened to the Vault podcast. Uh, I've never listened to podcasts beyond actually, but I used to listen to, or I guess watch up at noon here and there. And Holy like that. crap. <laughs> uh, fire team chat. I watched that for a while or listened to that for a while. And so I just like, I can't remember. And then there's game scoop, which I listened to religiously for like a month and then stop for like eight months and then back if to I'm, it for a month. If I'm not mistaken, game scoop is the oldest one currently still running. It's definitely old. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is the oldest. Yeah. And it, it it makes sense because that's the most general game one, whereas all the other things are focused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have an opening topic here, Matt. I found this funny. This was a recent uh, Techmoan video. Techmoan, yeah! If, if you don't know who Techmoan is, um, he's a very nice uh, British gentleman who reviews like a lot of audio equipment. Um, I don't know if he gets into too much else i know he does he did a lot of um uh what do you call them dash cams oh yeah a lot of good dash cam reviews on his channel um but mostly um he does like a lot of audio i think some video as well um things like that but he did a recent one on cds on modern consoles so obviously cds aren't you know played that often a lot of houses probably don't even have the ability to play a cd you know well, we'll get into it with this, but uh, do you have any place that, you know, can rely be? Oh, you do, don't you? You have a disk drive on your computer, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> How old is your computer? 12 years old this year. And we I graduated thought- 13 years ago from high school. Yeah. You built it one year out of, out of high school? It's Around, well, it's t- I guess. It's turning, it's turning 12 this year. Okay. This computer is turning 12 this year. I built it for mm-hmm. I built this computer for 10 to 12 years. So uh, like 100% it's it's in that range regardless. I think my computer is 2 years old. And you're already talking about upgrading it? it this is the second generation of it already. Oh my god. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't load certain web pages anymore without the whole oh computer god, like man. coming to like a halt. <laughs> so I'm I mean, no, it's good. Like I've I've used it up. Like I've got to this point. I've used it up and mm-hmm. then I'm going to look at another computer now. Uh, anyway, the interesting findings from from Tecmo on on CDs on modern consoles is obviously the Switch can't play anything; doesn't have a disc drive. Um, Xbox Series S 
can't do it. And then the, the, the digital only version of the PS5 can't do it. So the only consoles that are potentially able to play CDs are the PS5 um, with the disk drive and the Xbox Series X. The PS5 cannot play CDs. And he, he noted in the video that Sony co-developed compact discs <laughs> and the PS5 cannot play CDs. But the Xbox Series X can. That's got to be because it's I would imagine it's like some sort of really stripped down version of Windows or something. And so it's just well, I think it is. Wasn't the whole deal with Windows 10 that it, it could run on any device and they then they then switched over Xbox to be running Windows 10 effectively? Something like that. Yeah, it was some sort of like Windows 10 version or something that came uh, update that came out for the Xbox one. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, if I recall, it didn't really make much of a difference. Like I was just sort of like, oh, cool. I guess I had a, I guess I had an update and then I just never. It's probably just easy, easier to develop for or something, right? Or, or yeah. have apps, apps work on it and stuff. Um, but it plays it through the uh, Windows like media player app. And there's third party apps that also can play the CDs and access they... the CDs. So I think that's hilarious. I don't know. I was never one of those people who played cds and they're like dvd player or blu-ray player i don't know if you ever did no not me i'm not super into music but this does this does uh make me remember the people that used to plug in an ipod to their xbox 360's usb port oh yeah and then and then they would play music in the background of their games because it could do both at the same time i remember being so jealous of the xbox 360 being able to uh i think because you could store music on there right I think so, yeah. And just, and, and just play it. And I was like, oh, man, that's so good. I, I think I might have, you might have even been able to do it with just a USB stick. Because if, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and I might be wrong, I think like it doesn't know how to really talk to the iPod per se. It's just looking at its storage, and then it's playing the audio files that are on the iPod. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is the PS4 also could not play CDs. So even though that console came out in, what, 2013? 20... 2013 2014 something like that yeah so even even like older and that one still could not play uh cds the ps3 could though ps3 in in particular makes sense just because of when it came out yeah and i think because it had the blu-ray player they're really kind of pushing the idea of it being a a media console right yeah there's a really interesting uh bit i believe it's of the xbox uh, I think it's called like the power on documentary or whatever, but it's the one where they talk about the origins of Xbox and all that. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe it's a portion of that, unless I'm thinking of another documentary, but I believe there's a portion of that where Sony had this idea that uh, I want to say it was the PS2 or the PS3, but one of those early PlayStations was going to be all over the house. I think it was PS2. And so they thought, okay, we're, we're, we're kind of graduating from outside of the living room. And we're going or the kid, you know, the kid's bedroom or whatever. And we're not going to be just on that one dedicated entertainment TV anymore. We're going to be everywhere and we're going to have a PS2 that people are going to use for work. We're going to have it might have been a PS3, but like we're going to have a PlayStation for, you know, on the, this person's desk. We're going to have a person. We're going to have a, a PlayStation in the entertainment unit. We're going to have a PlayStation that controls this and that. And they were kind of of the mind that there were going to be two plus PlayStations all throughout the house doing all sort of computing tasks. That was where they, that, that was the idea behind mm. like, I don't know, I, I guess like obviously it didn't go that way. And like the marketing, I don't think went that way either, Yeah, but 
that was the idea in the early days where it was sort of like, hey, you know, instead of having uh, this big honking PC, um, instead of buying that, buy a bunch of PlayStations. It's the, you're already familiar with it, and it'll power all that you need. Mm. That's bizarre, right? Eh? <laughs> it's that's really bizarre because mm. the reason why I even mentioned that is because we're talking about CDs. Running on the Xbox is sort of like a generic thing that Windows would do, right? Like Windows has a lot yeah. of backwards compatibility in it. So I'm just assuming they left that little bit of compatibility. I don't think they coded something specific for the Xbox to play CDs. Maybe they did. But it's just like something sort of left over. But meanwhile, we have PlayStation, which at least to me feels very specific every time. The Vita feels different than the PSP did. And the PS3 feels different than the PSP. Like it looks, it looks the same, like the XMB with the PS3 and the PSP. Mm-hmm. But like the, the OSs are very sort of different. Like the, I remember the early PS3, you could, you know, there was a whole like install Linux section, like that wasn't on the PSP type thing. And so it's like every single iteration of the PlayStation operating system that we get feels so siloed. Like the PS5 feels totally different than the PS4 yeah. one. Um, but yet, like <laughs> you, you have these other tech giants that are just like slowly but surely sort of chipping away at their old software kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, all right, let's hop into the news for the week. Uh, Microsoft uh, executive was ready to go spend Sony out of business to strengthen Xbox. This is from The Verge. So Microsoft's been going kind of head-to-head with uh, the FTC in the United States over their Activision Blizzard um, uh, acquisition. And it's led to a ton of details being revealed. A lot of emails and then Sony at one point um, had a bunch of documents where they redacted certain words, but they they did it in a way that you could still read the the words underneath the black like redacted thing, and so that was a big embarrassment. A lot of stuff got leaked, um, including the pricing of some of Sony's big AAA you know first party releases, like The Last of Us. I think was like two hundred twenty million dollars to make. Um, Horizon Forbidden West was two hundred twelve. So big old numbers. I can't. That's crazy to spend that much on a game, you know. It's uh, kind of um, kind of starting to sound like it might become unfeasible if it keeps ballooning, right? I mean, people keep buying them, though, right? I don't think Last of Us was a failure, um, you know. So, well, the I, I think maybe the, my idea is is that like I don't know how quickly games price is going to increase because it it kind of stalled out for a very long time, and then we're just seeing kind of seeing a jump now that there's that the the next gen has started with the series X and that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it'll jump each gen, but that's, you know what, once every five to eight years, probably closer to the eight years on average now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, can something like the last of us survive when it isn't a constant money-making machine uh, that something like a Fortnite or another games as a service game is like where they just constantly have a store. People are buying things all the time. I mean, you buy the last of us, you put it in the console and that's it. Unless mm-hmm. there's some DLC, you're not really getting any more revenue from that. And even that, like, well, I think only like a few percentage points of people buy the DLC for games, right? Yeah, there's that too. Um, but anyway, um, so Microsoft's Xbox studio chief, Matt Booty, was encouraging Xbox CFO Tim Stewart to spend big money on acquiring game content in 2019 to set the company up to battle Sony in subscriptions. The revelation comes in an email thread that's part of the FTC versus Microsoft hearing. Quote, 
we, Microsoft, are in a unique position to be able to go spend Sony out of business, uh, said Booty in a December 2019 email referencing spending $2 billion, $2 billion or $3 billion in 2020 uh, to avoid competitors getting ahead in content at a later date. <clears throat> Quote, it is practically impossible for anyone to start a new video streaming service at scale at this point. Um, end quote, said, said Booty, referencing competitors like Google, Amazon, and Sony. Booty described content as a moat and that only Sony could really compete with Xbox Game Pass. And I believe this was an excerpt from the email. Uh, it says, in games, Google is three to four years away from being able to have a studio up and running. Amazon has shown no ability to execute on game content. Content is the moat, um, is the one moat that we have in terms of a catalog that runs on current devices and compatibility to create uh, to create new Sony is really uh, is really the only other player who could compete with Game Pass, and we have a two-year and ten million subs lead. Microsoft argues that the email is old and that it never pursued a strategy in any way. Um, "Quote: This email is three and a half years old and predates the announcement of our acquisition by twenty-five months." End quote. That was um, sent to the Verge by David Cuddy, the general manager of public affairs at Microsoft. So. <laughs> How do you feel about this? So, um, Microsoft basically saying we can outspend our competitors. I mean, I'm not that shocked, to be honest. I, when you kind of zoom in on it in the context of this court case, it, I, it, it's kind of like could be considered a bombshell almost, or at least something that definitely is an eyebrow raiser because it's so like, oh, so Microsoft is going to kind of go in and kind of be the bull in the China shop and buy a bunch of stuff and try to shut down their competitors. But in the same breath, you sort of think of it and you go, well, like, who's the quote unquote victim here? Well, it kind of sounds like Sony. Well, Sony does stuff like this, too. Sony absolutely goes after money. They absolutely go after their competitors. They try to block things for Microsoft. Like, absolutely, 100%. Um, and so, like, this isn't, I don't think this is, in terms of uh, kind of overall business, I don't really find this to be particularly uh, crude or coarse or anything like that. This is a reality that or a potential reality where Microsoft very well, if they are allowed to, could very well just outspend Sony. Um, that's just a reality. And this is probably how you would talk about your competitors too. If, if someone's coming after you, or if your guys are fighting for the top, I mean, this is a pretty civil way of laying out a potential strategy. You're not saying like, Oh, those guys suck. And you know, you're not, you know, making fun of them or anything. You're, this is a kind of a very objective uh, email. And so, yeah. Only in the context of this trial is it a quote-unquote eyebrow raiser or bombshell. Outside, it's just sort of like, yeah, Microsoft is fighting Sony, effectively. You know, I, I, I think this is one of the problems that Microsoft's always had. I, I don't I don't disagree with you that, like, you know, this is part of competition. If you have more money resource to, to outspend your competitors, you know, you probably should think about doing that. That is the competition, right? <clears throat> but I think this is why people always say that People favor Sony over Microsoft, and that big that big Tomb Raider thing was seen as such an angry, outraged people. Right? Is because Sony, even though at that time, I think PlayStation was in the lead, they're still seen as the underdog compared to Microsoft, right? And so you have Microsoft coming in just just paying for the rights to Tomb Raider. You know, to have it longer and just outspending Sony. It's just the it's just the whole, you know, David versus Goliath situation where Microsoft can just outspend Sony and take away developers and games and, 
and stuff. And it looks bad from an optical perspective, right? The thing is, though, from a competitive point is that like Sony is not rolling over either. Sony, uh, you know, let's say largely lost the 360 generation uh, and kind of brought it back near the end of it. They won the PS4 generation. And I believe they're currently winning the PS5 generation. And if we look back even further from these sort of more recent generations, the original PlayStation did not compete with the Xbox. The PlayStation 2 and the Xbox were competitors. And I believe the PlayStation 2 won. Yeah. Uh, Now, back then, you know, things were a lot different. There wasn't exactly established um, generations as we have now. Uh, There were more players like Sega was still kicking around, uh, I think, in the PlayStation 1 era and stuff like that. So there was definitely some uh, companies still being sort of kicked out. Uh, of the market and some people that are you know get it, getting kind of competed out i guess you could say but um i mean this is this is uh this absolutely is an email that is taken kind of it it is old it is sort of taken out of context as well what i mean by that is is that it's not specifically saying hey let's purchase call of duty and take it away from them. Like that would be a bombshell in the court, right? (laughs) Yeah. They're saying we can outspend them. Well, what does that mean? We can outspend them, meaning I can buy more stuff than you, but it doesn't say I'm going to buy everything and take it away from you. It doesn't say anything about exclusives. So it's kind of taken out of the context of the lens of the court, which is trying to see what I would say is they're they're trying to see, Hey, is this anti-competitive? You know, what are the intentions here? Is call of duty going to remain across multiple consoles? You know, what's going on here? Um, This just, I don't know this. It's not a non story, but it's just sort of like a reminder that these are businesses. And this is, this is probably largely how the executives, and I don't work at any of these companies, but this is probably how the executives talk. You know? Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. And again, I'm not saying anything's wrong with this from a business standpoint, but I'm just trying to explain why I think um, people favor Microsoft or Sony over Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at Sony's trajectory, yeah, they they bought studios and stuff, but they kind of bought them one at a time, and they might not have been the best studios at the time, but then they grew into great studios. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Uncharted, the first game wasn't, it didn't blow up. It wasn't this big major hit. It came out, you know, some people liked it. I don't, I think the reviews were okay. Right. And then Uncharted 2 comes out and becomes a big success. And it's like, then Naughty Dog grew into what it is today. And so it feels like Sony put in the work, even though, yeah, they just bought a studio and then got talented people, you know, making games. But then here comes Microsoft and they're just like, oh, we need to catch it to Sony. We'll just buy Bethesda, an entire publisher, you know, ZeniMax. We'll just buy an entire publisher. And it's like, oh, what are we going to do next? Oh, Activision, the biggest publisher in the world. We'll buy them next. And it doesn't feel like they're earning, you know, great games. They're just buying them. And that's fine. I would probably, I would do the same if I was in Microsoft shoes. You know what I mean? I, I was going to say, like, what is the, why, why would they take the long road yeah. where they go, well, let's open up a studio and let's try some things, you know, that's so, it's such a slow way oh, yeah. to try to like win. Of course, they're going to try to buy, but like, it doesn't. It doesn't help their perception, though. Which doesn't maybe maybe that doesn't matter, you know, in the long run. Um, once they own Activision, they'll I think they'll just be happy, you know, <laughs> it'll be fine. This will all blow over; no one will care. 
if, if this if this is even going to happen i mean this is there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh, objections and and kind of court hearings and stuff like this that's happening we've been talking about this for maybe even a year now or it feels like it's been a year maybe maybe i'm overestimating but um when the bethesda acquisition kind of happened it was sort of like hey uh you know we're buying these people or this uh this publisher these companies whatever um we are going to be uh, you know probably closing the deal around this time and if i remember correctly it closed around that time and that was largely it yeah um you know i'm sure there was some bumps in the road or whatever like anything that's a big acquisition but like this seems to be you know hitting every bump in the road yeah for sure um and and obviously the the american decision the ftc decision is like the big one right just because of how big of a market America controls. And that UK one got blocked too. Now Europe did go through and then it went through everywhere else. I think it went through in China. I think it, uh, you know, went through even in, in Ukraine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the only place that hasn't gone through was UK. I'm not sure about this US one. This one, there was a ton of stuff revealed that I don't know if it was revealed in the last the other uh, cases, you know. But goddamn. Oh, and in Canada, Canada hasn't made a decision yet, but I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> well, Canada had that weird, and like I don't understand the full procedure, but Canada had that weird thing where they made a complaint, and then Microsoft was quick to say, "Hey, that's actually beyond your own deadline that you set." Well, so you, so you can't complain or something, something like that. Well, well, I think Canada had a, had a right to complain because Microsoft said that everywhere else, um, in the world, this is this deal has been approved except for the UK, right? Mm-hmm. And then Canada said that's factually incorrect because Canada has not approved it, right? Right. And then they said, uh, we understand you're, you're going to be monitoring us, but we'd like to remind you that you know, the deadline to approve or deny this has passed. But there's not enough information on... I'm not, I'm not going to take Microsoft's word on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's why I was kind of being like kind of sketchy with details because like the details from the article that I read were sketchy yeah. at the time. There's, there's there's not a lot of reporting on this because Canada is so small, right? I so. mean, I will say this is like being from Canada, our systems are so fucking slow that yeah, like chances are we missed our own deadline. I wouldn't be surprised but literally in the slightest. It's also not unusual though because I thought I remember reading. Maybe I can look this up, but I thought I remember reading that Australia said they were going to wait to see what the FTC does. So I wonder if Canada was waiting to do the same thing, because obviously the American decision holds a lot of sway, again, because of the market they control. Right. Um, so usually if like they approve it, then it's like, okay, well, we you know, we really had no choice, or just it'd be less of a hassle, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this if this um deadline mm-hmm. thing comes into play at all, because it it'd be funny if if Canada was indeed waiting for that would be sad. <laughs> waiting waiting for like, you know, the FTC and then they go, Okay, yeah, you know what? Like the FTC said no, we say no too, and then it's like, Yeah, but you are literally by your own <laughs> rules, like beyond beyond the deadline that you set. So and then it's like, well, <laughs> approve. It, it's sad, but like, Ryan, like you live here, like you know how slow the system is here. Like, I wouldn't be surprised in the in the slightest if that happened here. Not even a little bit. It, it's funny, mm-hmm. but it's like I wouldn't be surprised at all. The one thing Canada did come out and say is they thought they think this will negatively affect competition. 
now they haven't made an official ruling, but that is like that was their like I guess their pre pre thought or you know pre opinion I guess pre thought potentially past deadline. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, potentially, potentially. I'm just trying to quickly read through this one article here because uh, it was it was posted 12 hours ago. So I'm hoping that's most up to date. Maybe we got some new information but it doesn't look like it yeah the details on that whole thing were, were pretty sketchy i mean canada like at the, in the end of the day is pretty small it's like the size of like a state maybe uh maybe a little bigger or whatever but like around that size and so it's like you know the u.s which is obviously the united states uh mm-hmm. it has a heck of a lot more people because there are multiple states if we're talking just in terms of population um so you know canada being effectively one state in population size uh, but, is but Canada is part of the G7, so they're they're part of you know some of the world's biggest economies. Even though we're small, we, I think we pull pull more than our weight, you know. Sure, but I but like, do you think that we would hold enough weight if, say, the FTC says yes, the Brits say no, everyone else says yes. Let's say even the Australians get on board, they say yes. So everyone's yes. The Brits are no, and Canada's a no. Do you think that that's going to stop Microsoft? They're going to be like, well, I guess we no, can't. I guess just... we can't buy Activision Blizzard because Canada said no. No, they'll still buy it. They'll just stop selling in the UK and Canada. Right. That, that's what I mean. So like, yeah. we don't hold enough like weight there. It's not like we're we're taking away like New York State and you know God knows wherever else everyone lives like in the United California. States, California and stuff. It's not yeah. like we're taking away these two massive chunks of the market. Uh, some of the other places has already been approved, like China, like I said, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, Japan, South Africa, and Serbia have all said yes. Uh, obviously, more than that, I think, because uh, this is another thing. I'm not sure how many countries actually need to say yes or not. So, I pres- I would estimate, and this is absolutely an estimate. I would estimate that it's anywhere that Activision Blizzard is registered as a business, mm-hmm. which would probably be wherever they're selling games, right? Uh, maybe, but like, I mean, you can, as a Canadian <laughs> business, sell to America, for example. Yeah. Although there are certain tax treaties and stuff like that, because we are so close, we share a big massive border between each other, like a big land border and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a little bit different on your allies as well. So it's like, you know, it's a little bit different there. And like, you could register your business both in the US and Canada, but you could also like work within yeah. the laws, of course. So you can like sell things in America from just a Canadian business as well, as far as I know. Right. All right, let's move on to um So a lot was revealed during this trial and IGN put together a nice list of the 12 surprising reveals. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we'll just kind of go through a couple of these. Um this was a kind of a funny one. Xbox admits it lo- it lost the console wars. And this kind of goes to what um Phil Spencer had already kind of said out loud uh during that kind of funny interview that, you know, they did lose the console generation to lose um, or the one that you don't want to lose. They lost that one. And um, it's hard to claw back nowadays. That's according to him. I, I don't know if there's a lot of people who disagree. Um, we were speaking, uh, speaking of Ryan McCaffrey. I think he disagreed with that opinion as well, that that you can make good games and it will sway people over. Um, I, and I think PlayStation themselves proved that when the PS3, Xbox 360 era. So the, like there is a little bit of nuance there because the digital market hasn't been completely solved. However, um, well, I guess the, no, I guess backwards compatibility was, would be up in the air there. Cause what I was going to say is, 
you know, you used to go to the store, buy your disc for the most part. You could buy digital in the Xbox 360 era and the PS3 era, but most people were buying discs. And I think it was, it, I don't know, it, it, like the, the backwards compatibility kind of back then was kind of weird because the original PS3 consoles could play up all the way back to PS1. Then there was some that could only play PS1, couldn't play PS2. And then some of them could play PS1 and PS2. And then eventually they just stopped being backwards compatible. Uh, and then Xbox 360 could play some original Xbox titles. So what I was going to say is, is like, if you had this library, whether it's digital or physical, you would move forward console to console. But mm-hmm. I guess that's not true. But nowadays, most of your collection, if you purchase something on PS4 digitally, it will just be able to be downloaded and installed and play on your PS5 with few exceptions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like how much merit does the does the li- the previously purchased library hold mm-hmm. is the question. I-, I do agree with Ryan McCaffrey in that. Like, I do agree that like making good games is the way forward and it mm-hmm. is the way to win it because people also get bored of their games and they get done with them. You know, you go through your games or whatever, and some people will stay in the past and constantly play old games and that's great, but they don't buy new consoles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if yeah. they're on the old games, unless they're buying a new console to play the latest reiteration of, of Skyrim or something like that. You know, these people are not buying new consoles and if they're stuck in the old games that they're playing, which is totally fine, but if they're stuck playing those, they're not buying new ones anyway. So a digital like collection library, whatever, it doesn't really mean anything to them. Yeah. But like to me, it's like how many PS4 games uh, that I played on the PS4. I mean, that I played and beat on the PS4. How many of those games am I playing today? Very little. And that, and then if I, if, if let's say it was backwards compatible with, or sorry, if it, let's say it was compatible uh, on, on Xbox. So let's just say I decide one day, okay, I'm leaving the PlayStation 5 behind. I'm going to go play on Xbox Series. And the one game that I care about that was on the PS4 era is on the Xbox the Xbox Marketplace, the Microsoft Store. Well, chances are it's so old now, especially when there's a sale, it's going to be cheap as hell. Yeah. So like how much does it matter? And how many of those games am I going to repurchase? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like how much do people care about their libraries? Some people are obviously going to, but I mean, the way forward has to be better games. If you're, if you're making better games than your competitor, are people really going to go, well, I'm sticking with PlayStation because I have all my games here and I'll just have shitty games for the next three years (laughs) or I'll, or I'll miss out on all these really great ones. Like, no, that's not, that's not going to be the case. Chances are, if you care about your digital library, you're going to buy an Xbox series S because it's cheaper. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have an Xbox because I'm ready for them to make some great games. Um, I'm just waiting for that to happen, you know. I think Starfield might be the first one, and uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think it's going to be good. I think it's I think it's going to be based, good. Like... Based on what they showed us, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Because it, like, it just looks like um, Fallout in space, you know. And so it's like you already have a formula that you know that works. This just gives you more places to explore, more you know things to do. Um, it's it's going to be hard to screw that up. I think, you know, it's going to be it's going to be hard to screw that up. And also, this game is very much meaning Starfield is very much built with mods in mind, right? Like each planet and stuff like that. Like there's so many planets. It's like oh, you yeah. could a modder like 100 percent. What's going to happen is someone's just going to is just going to build a planet. 
And then like, that's <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen. Like someone is going to have their own planet like or, or like each mod's going to have their own planet, depending on what the mod is, of course. Um, but any mod that like needs an environment is going to take over a section of a planet, which the planets look huge, or they're going to have their own planet. And it's no longer just like one location in which, you know, you click into it and then it loads a huge cell an yep. internal cell um, that the modder has made. It's like, can and I think Todd Howard has has elaborated on mods a little bit. I haven't looked up that that much on there, but is it possible for the modder to literally generate a planet and then just make their own custom town on there? So they're not, you know, they're not cost, they're not making the entire planet by hand. If that's possible, that's huge. Like that's like the mods are going to go crazy on this thing. Yeah, for sure. Um. Microsoft says next gen could start in 2028. We already kind of talked about that. Um, that sounds about right. Yep, I'd agree with that. I do think I am a little cautious about about um, that in terms of kind of the performance we're seeing on on consoles right now. Now that may just be, uh, you know. Um, a select few games that just weren't properly optimized or they didn't have enough time. They didn't want to delay it anymore. You know, um, who knows, but, uh, cause you had Jedi, um, Jedi survivor, <clears throat> which ran pretty poorly in certain areas of that game, uh, on console. And then, uh, Redfall not having 60 FPS, uh, at launch, they say it's coming, but it wasn't there at launch. And so it's like, how much longer can these consoles actually keep going? Um, I, I don't know. This could I just mean, be normal. I, I'm sorry to say this, but I wouldn't use Redfall as an example. I know. That's what I mean. This might just be a couple, you know, bad performing games that came out. Um, uh, De- Dead Island 2. I thought that game looked pretty good. Ran, ran, <laughs> yeah. ran fantastically. I've never seen that much gore in my life. <laughs> you know, all that has to be processed and whatnot. That was pretty good. I love how Dead Island, Dead Island 2 probably ended up releasing even though it was delayed to you know oblivion and back down to probably released at the best time it's just like a game that came out near a bunch of other games that had like bad performance or whatever mm-hmm. and it was just sort of like zombie game lots of gore play it and it's very, it's very just basic like you yeah. know it's just a basic zombie game i'm not gonna remember these quests for years to come but fuck was it fun running around killing things mm-hmm. yeah that was great Came out the perfect time too. It was like right in between some major games coming out. Oh yeah, it like it just I don't know it nailed it. Like I, I think Dead yeah. Island Two nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft wanted to scoop up Bungie, Sega, Square Enix, Zynga, and more. <laughs> uh, the last few years have seen the gaming industry's uh, biggest players go on an acquisition spree. We've seen Sony acquire Bungie, Microsoft acquire Bethesda, and a lot more. But in court documents, we've learned that Microsoft had plans. Uh, for some big name transactions that didn't end up happening. Namely, Microsoft had a conversation about acquiring Sega, Square Enix, and Zynga, uh, and even Bungie before Sony bought them. But Microsoft's ambitions went well beyond the big players. Internal documents reveal a list of 100 developers Microsoft considered at one point before narrowing it down to eight final candidates. This list included Hades developer Supergiant Games, Pokemon Go's Niantic, which is actually, I think, shutting down some studios. And 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 canceling some games, I think they're 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 minimizing. They they fired like 250 staff members or something like that. Oh my so god! They're they're down downscaling a bit there. IO Interactive and more. Um, 
this this is interesting to learn. I wonder if Square Enix, you know, because they sold a lot of properties to um, Embracer. Is that right? Something like that. Embracer yeah, something Group. like that. I wonder if, if the deal with Microsoft fell through and then they decided to sell some titles off to Embracer. I mean, this list, though, is probably just them brainstorming like they have to they have to look <laughs> like if, if if they're having an internal conversation. Who do we acquire? You're not just going to take the first person suggestion. You're going to be like, OK, yeah, like, let's, know, let's yeah. get some research yeah. going. So, of course, there's going to be internal documents on Sega and every other one. You know, I, I find Sega an odd one to want. Although they do, they are trying to get more into the, the Japanese market, right? Well, I actually had an idea with, with, with Sega. So I don't know if they still do this, but on the phone, like on, on the, the mobile app stores, Sega uh, did or does have their retro games and you can uh, save them, which you couldn't do back in the day for some of them. You can save them and you can cloud store them. And it's some sort of subscription for some of those features. Um, now, I don't know if the, if Microsoft wants that subscription money. I don't even know how much that makes, whether it's still there, because it's been years since I've tried it. But Microsoft kind of sounds like they're trying to get into the mobile space. And I wonder if Sega has just like a really good base and then they could go with it. They could they could release a, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, sort of classic games. Maybe that subscription is going gangbusters if it's still around. And that's like a good way to make some money. And then then Game Pass is going to get you know sonic like that's a big that's a big get um mm -hmm. and so i'm just trying to figure out like sega seems like a weird one to me just because they don't have a lot of major franchises it's like sure you want um who's you say there sonic sonic um and then they have um the fighting games right um What's that called? I always want to say Street Fighter, but I don't think that's right. I think that's Capcom. Yeah. Do they have a fighting game? They have uh, Yakuza. They maybe publish maybe Yakuza something. I'm sorry, I'm not the biggest Sega fan. Hang on, let's so look this up. Let's look, like, the, well, modern Sega is in a weird spot, right? They have Company of Heroes. I know that. Like they, like Sega purchased Relic. Relic was the original creator of developer of. Um, Company Heroes and they made Company Heroes or they they supported Company Heroes 2 and they made Company Heroes 3. Let's go like Sega uh major franchises. I'm just into Google here. Uh oh boy, yeah, we got some old ones in here. We got Fantasy Star. That's a big one though. Um Fantasy Still Star to this day. I think so. I think there is a new Fantasy Star, like an online one, I think. Uh we got Sonic the Hedgehog, obviously right up top. Uh <laughs> we got Shenmue. Um, we got House of the Dead. We got Virtua Fighters. So there's a fighting game. Um, man, a new Golden Axe would be pretty nice. Maybe there is one. A lot of these. That's the problem with a lot of this is like a lot of these things kind of come out and then they just kind of disappear. Um, but like just kind of from seeing this very brief list, which I'm sure is not exhaustive. Um, I would say that maybe they're looking at they were looking at Sega as something to build on. Yeah, maybe because um, I don't see a lot here that I think would really take off. Like Sonic is their 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 flagship franchise and a lot of these other ones looks like you kind of, you know, take or leave them, you know? Well, I'm flipping through. So this is a, uh, I just opened up a Wikipedia uh, table mm -hmm. of their franchises and they do publish a lot of things. Cause it literally says like, you know, this uh, game, yeah. this game is uh, made uh, like, like for example, Bayonetta, it says Bayonetta is one of their franchises. 
mm-hmm. then it says the developers is Platinum Games. So I would assume that means they published it. So it sounds like and and Sega is listed as a bunch of the developers on on a lot of these games as well, but uh, in in this chart. But I'm sure that um, you know maybe they're maybe like they're not making as big as a, a of a splash as they did when they had consoles and that. But mm-hmm. they're probably doing just fine. You know what I mean? Like oh, they also own um, oh that is probably a big one for them. They also own uh, Total War. They also, I, I believe, I, I don't know if they own Creative Assembly, but they publish Total War. Mm. And um, Total War has a bunch of entries, including Warhammer ones. And I bet you those do okay. Because mm. uh, the latest one here that's listed is in 2022, Total War Warhammer 3. Um, so, like, I mean, there's three, there's three of just that one. There's, there's, there's Shogun Total War, Shogun Total War 2, Empire Total War, Napoleon Total War. Um, uh, fuck man, there's a lot of them. Rome Total War, Rome Total War Two, I think. Like, there's so many. Like, I used to play. I used to play them religiously. Man, man, you know what? I'm a little disappointed with Atari. Uh, yeah, a little bit sad. Sega, Sega seems to have like still lived on as a as a as a developer and publisher. Mm-hmm. But Atari just feels like, what are they doing? What's Atari doing? Well, they were trying to do blockchain stuff. I don't know about now. <laughs> they released that console, which was, I think it was just an Android box, wasn't it? <clears throat> I just wish. Yes. Was that? Sorry. Was that a? I was just trying to think. Like, is was did that ever come out? Yeah, it did come out, right? Yeah, it's on sale right now. If you want it. Holy crap! Um, I just just because they're seen like kind of seen as the like you know the grandfather of home console gaming. I just wish they were still around in a more present way. Yeah, they just feel like, you know, you know, what's actually kind of sad about it is it's kind of like they went retro, like they kind of fell behind. They went, re- they, they became retro and then they they're trying to live off their retro status or something. Yeah, they did try to publish stuff, though. Like, I remember them publishing uh, Driver 3, at least on the PC. I do remember seeing the Atari logo yeah. semi frequently when I was a kid. Um, yeah. As a publisher. Uh, oh, also, um, so I just clicked on Creative Assembly, which are the people that make um, Total War. They also made Halo Wars 2, I believe. And uh, Sony, or sorry, Sega did buy them. So Sega's doing okay. Like, Sega's buying companies. You know what Atari could do? What's Take that? some of their old franchises. Like, I mean, famously Space Invaders, right? Yep. Make a modern game called Space Invaders, but you don't necessarily need to have it like the the aliens coming down and you shooting upwards at them. Make it like a, a, a first person FPS shooter where you're fighting aliens. You know what I mean? Like there's ways to re-envision their their old franchises that they own. Yes, like it, it, it almost feels like their their creative like ideas are like still in hardware or something like they're going blockchain. They're kind of going like really niche. And it's like making a, an Android console is a very niche idea. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's sort of like Atari feels like it should be bigger than it is. Like it yeah. should be kind of shooting for something like what you said, like a re-envisioning of um, a re-envisioning of like a space invaders would be awesome. Like a modern, a modern like space hopping game where you'll planet the planet or something and you know, whatever. Yeah, Anything. Yeah. I just wish they'd come back. And I don't even have a strong connection to Atari. I never had one. Never even tried one. 
it's just the the where they sit you know as like the first home console um i just wish that legacy kind of was <laughs> in a better shape it is a, it is sad when like the most like the most iconic of something usually it's the pioneers of an industry which atari that's, is largely a true, pioneer yeah, usually true. the pioneers die because yeah. they invent something the competitors yeah. come in the consumers want what the competitors have yeah and the originals usually go like i ain't making what they make like we make this and then blackberry made the smartphone Blackberry, made, yeah largely largely they're famous for the smartphone and then mm-hmm. um anyway let's keep moving on here uh triple a sony games cost 200 million dollars to make we kind of covered that already um call of duty is in fact worth a lot of money uh unsurprisingly call of duty was the uh was at the center of almost the entire courtroom battle over the last week activision's biggest asset uh came up recently uh, with the ftc raising concerns about exclusivity or the potential of activision releasing a worse version of call of duty on playstation call of duty's impact makes sense given the same uh poorly redacted document from sony revealed that Call of Duty generated over $800 million for PlayStation in the United States alone in 2021. So just the United States, Sony made $800 million from Call of Duty in one year. Ooh-wee! From Phil Spencer testifying under oath that Xbox will keep Call of Duty on PlayStation uh, to claims that Activision CEO Bobby Kotick threatened to pull Call of Duty from Xbox unless Microsoft granted Activision a higher revenue share we learned a lot about the value of the franchise to both Sony and Microsoft. Holy crap. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So like now, now some eyebrows are going to be raised, like, hang on, like it's mm-hmm. making both these people money. <laughs> this, this, this just explains why Sony's fighting so hard to keep call of duty. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Sony would be satisfied unless they made some sort of pledge where, where they say, we'll always keep it, you know, on play on Sony. Um, but that 10 years will come up quick. You yep. know, that 10 years will be over pretty quick. Yep. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Jim Ryan doesn't think Starfield's exclusivity is anti-competitive and says PlayStation will be fine. <laughs> um, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan made it very clear that he's not a fan of Starfield's Xbox exclusivity. That being said, he admitted he doesn't think it's anti-competitive. Publicly, PlayStation has been the biggest opponent of the Microsoft Activision merger. But privately, it's a bit of a different story. In an email sent after Microsoft announced its intent to acquire Activision Blizzard, Brian wrote, quote, I'm pretty sure we will continue to see Call of Duty on PlayStation for many years to come, end quote, expressing that PlayStation would be more than okay if the transaction was approved. That's interesting. Well, this is interesting because, like, you you didn't mention this yet. I don't know if it's in this list, but... Didn't, like, PlayStation, like, threaten to, to not give Activision... Uh, the dev kit for the PlayStation Six, and it's sort of Sony, like Sony didn't. Yeah, you said Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, Sony. Yeah, Sony didn't. <laughs> and it's sort of like you guys want this. You guys make money from this, and then you're threatening to not give us the tools to make it. Yeah. And your argument, Ryan, was that well, they're competitors. Why would you do that? Well, we now know it's because they make money from it. <laughs> A lot of money from it. <clears throat> well, I just mean like. Of course, Activision is going to tell Microsoft what's what Sony's working on. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you wrote up contracts or something, it's still going to leak or whatever, right? I wouldn't trust it as a competitor. Um, but it is it puts Sony in an awkward position because they were concerned that 
Microsoft would sabotage Call of Duty on PlayStation, mm-hmm. which doesn't really make sense because why would you ever want your product to be perceived as bad? Like if I played Call of Duty and it was bad on PlayStation, I wouldn't say, God damn, PlayStation, I'm going to play this on Xbox. I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with with the Call of Duty developer making a crappy game on PlayStation? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 100%. Maybe, maybe the average consumer is going to blame PlayStation. I don't know, but it would probably just, not be that it would be crappy though. It would probably be things like they would they would hold out like they would release the season late or they would release which the currently content happens late. under the under the deals, right? I don't know about the seasons, but I do know that PlayStation has or had that back deal. back when they they had like maps and stuff they released. It was like they they would release months before when Xbox had the deal with 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 them. You know, the the DLC came out first on Xbox. And then PlayStation somehow got the deal with with Call of Duty, and then the DLC came out sooner on PlayStation. Well, so there was you, also something that they wasn't there something that was given if you purchase Modern Warfare Two on PlayStation. It was like something extra that was given. So, like you could argue, assuming that was true, that you could argue that that is a worse version. Like the Xbox version at launch is a worse version, but it's so minimally worse that I don't think anyone cares. Like I can't even remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess I, I was thinking sabotage more in terms of like making it crappy. But you're saying like it wouldn't get as many services or as frequent content drops or stuff like potentially, that. Potentially, yeah. Like I think if if they're if they went to publish platform, that's how they would publish platform. But because uh, I agree with you in that if they did try to make it crappy, like bad textures or something, people would definitely be like Activision, what the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Starfield almost skipped Xbox entirely. We we covered that, I think, uh, last week or so. <clears throat> um, drama surrounding Bethesda exclusivity, Indiana Jones, Elder Scrolls, and more. What was which that? is literally like all of the. Which is literally one of the major sparks is like, hey, you made some of these Bethesda things exclusive. Are you going to make Call of Duty exclusive? Yeah, the kind of I mean, again, it's one of those things I would expect when you buy ZeniMax, you're going to make those games exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we all expected that. But it, they, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot in a sense when they so quickly tried to buy Activision Blizzard after the fact and then tried to say, oh, no, no, we're going to make sure these games are on all platforms. Right, you, you know, it was like, well, you just proved to us that you bought a publisher and made their games instantly exclusive. So <laughs> it kind of hurt their their um, messaging, but I don't think it's wrong. You know, I don't know what your thoughts are, Matt. I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to think like, is there an older example? Because we're using such new examples of exclusivity and stuff like that. Like, yeah. is there an old example? And I wouldn't be surprised if there if there is one of like. One of these big ones, it could even be Sega when back when you back in the day, where they just bought a huge amount of properties and just like made them all exclusive. And I'm trying to think of like how that would compare to today's thing. We're like, we're using very, re- very, very recent examples. Like Indiana Jones is fuck knows how long that's out. Elder Scrolls Six, God knows how long that's out. Starfield, you know, they bought the Bethesda what, a year or more ago now, you know, so like the, like this is all very, very recent. And it's interesting to me that like we it kind of feels like we're in this this era of more games than ever. Yeah. But yet 
we're still fighting over these like little key, I shouldn't say little, but these, these, these key sort of franchises and their exclusivity. And I'm just curious as to whether something like this has happened in the past, but because gaming wasn't as big as it is now that it just kind of went under the radar because this is such a, this is such like a, a standard competitive practice. I'm going to purchase this and then I'm not going to give you it anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, like it's such a standard, of course, or like a classic, like, Oh, like we both use the same supplier and he doesn't have enough product to supply us both. Well, I'll pay him a dollar more per unit and he'll give me all of the supply. Now you don't get any like typical, you know, whatever, unless there's a law barring that typical Mm -hmm. competitive process thing that I would estimate. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird thing, and it, it all has to do with like the free market, and the problem with the free market is when it's let loose, you know, you're obviously gonna, the person who gets the most money is just going to outbuy all the competitors and rise to the top, and then just smother everyone else, right? Which is why this is probably mm-hmm. this acquisition is hitting so many bumps in the road. It's like it, it's a it's a check slash balance yeah. coming and, and in, the, and this is why these anti competitive laws are in place. To, to stop runaway free market, you know, basically. Well, because we, 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 we've had this discussion before is that if this Activision Blizzard deal goes through, God knows what the next, you know, Microsoft uh, acquisition is going to go like short of it, maybe being a small indie studio or something. Uh, if, it, if it's a, if it's a studio of any size, like even if it's a Sega, which we've, you know, we've already kind of discussed as being smaller. If it's Sega, like I'm sure a bunch of regulatory boards are going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you, you know, you, you've purchased these massive, massive franchises, these massive companies that have so many companies under them even. Yeah. What, hope, like, what are you doing? I hope they're not planning on buying any other one else like in the near future, because I think they will definitely get more scrutiny um, if this goes through, you know, that'll be interesting. We'll just wait, wait and see how long it takes <laughs> for things to cool down, right? I wonder how yeah. long it'll take. Yeah. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is a long way off. I mean, we all kind of knew and assumed that. Uh, this this I got a kick out of because we were just talking about this. Everyone says they don't like exclusives. Uh, for all the talk of exclusives, multiple industry figures took to the stand and said they aren't big fans of exclusive games. Microsoft CEO Satin Nadella said he has no love <laughs> for console exclusives. And that Microsoft plays the exclusive game to stay competitive with market leaders. <clears throat> Activision CEO Bobby Kotick agreed, saying making Call of Duty Xbox exclusive isn't in Activision's best interest. Now, that one I do believe, just from a monetary standpoint, right? You wouldn't want it on one console. You'd want it on a bunch of consoles. So maybe I do believe that one. But Satney Adela saying that, even Phil Spencer to a degree, I don't know if I'd believe that, you know... You well, want it, exclusives because it drives people to your platform. I was going to say, like, I remember when we when in elementary school and in high school, people would always talk about the game that sold them. And it was, you know, like, oh, I went to Xbox because I wanted to play Halo is a, yeah. is a big example. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, I wanted to play, I don't know, the Final Fantasies or something. So I went to the PlayStation 2, yeah. whatever, whatever was you know available mm-hmm. at, that, at that time on the PlayStation 2. And so there has to be like sort of a console seller. And I remember having a conversation with somebody um, actually like way back, maybe even high school or maybe even like late elementary school where they were like having a discussion on like if like they had a PS2, um, like what what would be like, what is the selling feature of the Xbox? Like the Xbox, 
this person wasn't just going to purchase an Xbox for the sake of having an Xbox. There has to be like a reason to have the Xbox. The weird thing with today, though, is games as a service exist when it didn't in the past. And so you want your product in as many hands as possible because you want them to be constantly purchasing on the store. And it's kind of this weird double-edged sword of even if you make the best Call of Duty game ever and you make it exclusive, is that going to be a console seller? Well, maybe, but how many people would play it on PlayStation but have a PlayStation and would not buy an Xbox? Yeah, it's a bit of a um, a calculated risk you have to take, right? But it seems like to me, like, and I, I don't even know if this is actually correct, but off the top of my head, I think, well, maybe this is where single player games come in, where single player games are going to be the things that dictate it, where mm-hmm. you're going to feel safer taking a single player game, making it and then saying, OK, we're going to make this exclusive to try to sell consoles. But that might even be a bigger risk, because even if you just had Call of Duty, for example, a games as a service game on just Xbox, it's constantly generating money maybe less because it's not cross-platform, but it's still constantly generating money. But something like Starfield is now arguably not going to constantly generate money. It's going to only sell on Xbox. It's going to only sell on PC. And so now they're missing out that chunk of sales. So now it's like, okay, again, like you said, calculated risk. How many people are actually going to jump ship and purchase an Xbox to play this thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to know even. Like you can make predictions, but you're not gonna know until it happens, right? It 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 kind of sucks. And like I it's like when you think of it that way, you know, I, I can kind of believe I can kind of believe these CEOs and these executives kind of saying, you know, hey, like this isn't in the best interest. We don't really like exclusives because you know they they would be great mm-hmm. to just sell everywhere, but at the same time, it's like, what is that? it kind of goes back to that conversation I had in, 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 in school is what is the selling feature? Like, are you, are people just going to buy a PlayStation and it'll have every, all the same games as like, as an Xbox? Well, then you're going to have this like ridiculous hardware war yeah. where they're where like, like, we have a VR port. We got this, we got that, we got this, we got battery power. We got, you know, whatever. Yeah. And a whole, a whole bunch of shit. Maybe that's what we, maybe that is good. Maybe like some hardware warring stuff would be good, but I don't know. It would it would be a major not having exclusive games would be would would change the 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 console sales business tenfold, I'd say. Yeah. And and maybe if we were in a world where the console where consoles would had stopped. Because remember when the 360 era came out, even on G4 Tech TV, as old as that is, G4 Tech TV, they were saying this is probably the last console gen. Like we're not gonna have another console gen. Like this yeah. is it. Yeah, and it's sort of like that isn't the case because the fucking consoles sell gangbusters. So why wouldn't they just keep making consoles? Like even if it's not the most most uh, even if it's not the most efficient way to deliver games to to people, the console is selling a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Like it was making a whole bunch of money. Sorry, it's selling like crazy. So why wouldn't they just make it? You know, it's good enough. Just do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really care about these last two. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, I'll just read them off, though. Sony's Jim Ryan and Activision's Bobby Kotick had words for Game Pass. Um, they both kind of disliked Game Pass. <clears throat> it's interesting. I, I, I do kind of, I mean, I haven't talked to publishers or developers, but Jim Ryan from Sony, he's claiming that uh, uh, publishers do not like Game Pass. Now, he says it unanimously do not like game pass because of its value destructive. 
I believe in the value destructive part. Now, I don't know which developers or publishers, you know, I don't, I haven't heard anyone say anything yet, at least not openly. Um, but just from a consumer I th- standpoint, I think Game Pass is value destructive. The fact that I will never buy another uh, full retail first party game on Microsoft means I no longer value those games at $80 Canadian, you know? But if they took Game Pass away right away, you would you would still purchase Starfield, right? Uh, yeah. But there, there's um, I think this has happened to Adriano. Now he's not here to speak for himself, but um, you know he. It's so often now you see these games either drop in price or show up on some subscription service you already have, right? That you might as well just not buy it at retail, full retail, uh, at launch. Mm-hmm. And either wait for a sale or wait for it to come on Game Pass or PS Plus. And I think that has destroyed the value. Now, I, I don't know if we're seeing yet this actually translate into it being <clears throat> destructive for these games. Because obviously, look at Last of Us cost $220 million to make. <clears throat> I'm sure that Halo costs, you know, probably that much to make. Um, are you recouping those costs with Game Pass? You know? It's the platform question, right? Because yeah. it's like, well, like maybe a person who buys Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to stream exclusively doesn't have a console, then decides to get an Xbox, and then then they see a couple games in the Microsoft Store, and <clears throat> and then they they purchase those because those aren't on Game Pass, and then you know now they've now they've contributed to and are kind of quote unquote locked into the platform and the ecosystem, and now you know that's where their money's being made, and yeah. so like there is that question. Um, maybe, maybe it comes down to like the, the biggest games. Well, no, I, I, I don't even want to say that because there's definitely third party games that, lo- that are pretty big, like triple A, even double A games that have launched on game pass and have remained on there. Outriders is an example of that. Outriders yeah. was not on game pass PC. I think it is now, but it wasn't originally, but it launched on Xbox game pass and it has been there the entire time. And I believe it's still there. Yeah. And and it's honestly a question like and and that game does not have a DLC store. It has a small amount of DLC, which are like some skins or something, but it does not have a rotating shop. It does not have a games as a service thing. There's no game. There's no um, uh, what do you call it? No battle passes. There's no nothing like that. And so I don't know, like it, it because I'll say this. PlayStation followed in the game passes footsteps. They don't give away their games day one. They give it they, they put their games on their sort of service the playstation plus plus whatever it is the playstation plus plus service has some sony games right but they're older games so they you know they want they want to get the 80 to 100 dollars for their games when they come out and then you know months or a couple years later whatever it is they'll add it to their service at kind of random seemingly yeah but i'll say this he's talking jim ryan is talking about things being being dated or um, value destructive i think the constant sale on PlayStation <laughs> yeah. Store is data is value destructive as well. Yeah. Because yeah. there's definitely times where I've seen a game on sale and I want to buy it and I just like forget it or miss it or I'm playing something else. And then I go to the store after I'm done playing whatever it was and I go to go play that next thing. And I notice that it's not on sale. Well, I'm not going to buy that unless it's on sale because I've seen it on sale once. Yeah. And the constant sale all mm-hmm. the time. And this is not a PlayStation only problem. This is every goddamn place. Even the Microsoft Store has lots of sales. 
Ryan, you sent me an email that said Best Buy friggin' Black Friday summer, like Black Friday summer sales. Like, what are you talking about Black Friday summer? Like, what's that? (laughs) Like, no, like this is ridiculous. It got bought. (laughs) Like in Canada, the big one was Boxing Day. In America, the big one was Black Friday. Then Canada was like, we have Black Friday too. Then it's like, oh, we have Boxing Day. Now it's like, it's Boxing Week. It's the month of Black Friday sale. It's like, what is going on? Cyber Monday. What the fuck is going on here? Like, (laughs) holy crazy. Like, if everything's just this cheap, like just. Just, set it to that just price. Sell it, yeah. Just, just set it to that price so people will buy it. Rick. <laughs> so yeah, like I don't know. Like they're both doing things that oh, are Matt, value destructive. Matt, you can't buy too much because that creates inflation. Don't we want the economy to be good, but not too good. You understand? It is it is incredible how uh I mean how 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 not helpful that statement is to the general public. Like, like, do I go to the store and buy one thing of bread or two? Like, is that is one. two too many or is six yeah. too many and two is just fine? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what what type of fucking advice is that? You know what I mean? See, I understand that business is going to raise prices if there's high demand. But to me, high demand means produce more. You know what I mean? Although isn't, we have the whole COVID the thing where it's like, hey, we can't produce more. I will say with the chip shortage, I understand now it takes like two years to build out a chip the fabrication plant. It's not just yeah. spin up some new lines, right? That's super high tech stuff, you know. Um, so that that is a bit tricky. Um, but yeah, something like bread or something, or you know. Well, like, we were talking about bread? we were talking about this. Like, yeah, there was legitimate problems during COVID that like had manufacturing facilities closed down or you know micro microchip shortage, whatever. Like, there were legitimate problems. I'm not saying that. But then in Canada here, we got hit with the most ridiculous one ever, where they said lettuce, we had a lettuce shortage. Like, oh my God, lettuce is going up. Lettuce went fucking gangbusters to the point where I went to a restaurant and they offered a special and the special always comes with a, with a, with a salad. And they said this, this week, it doesn't come with a salad because the salad costs the restaurant at their supplier rate, $18 per person to make the salad. So salad went fucking gangbusters. <laughs> I think it was one week. Yeah. One week. And all of a sudden we had lettuce. That's bullshit because <laughs> lettuce doesn't grow that fast. <laughs> so you just lied to us. You just lied to us. I don't even care. Like I'm out. I'm out on the lettuce thing. Like that's that's lunacy. No, lunacy. see what, what happened what happens is the federal government keeps a reserve of lettuce uh, and they released 50,000 heads of lettuce into the Canadian. <laughs> I wish no. that to be true, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> My god. Like it, it and here's the thing. Maybe it's one thing if they said, "Hey, we have we're going to have a shortage for a week due to like a shipping delay." Okay. And then it's like, you know, the value is going to shoot up for a week and then come back down. No, they didn't say that. So everyone's going nuts going, oh my God, lettuce is out of control. And then it just all of a sudden isn't out of control anymore. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on to our final story for the week. Um, Nintendo was thinking about how fans will move to the new new console. This is from Kotaku. Nintendo seems to be conceptualizing its long-awaited successor to the 2017 release Nintendo Switch but it isn't giving much details to what, what might be or when it might actually exist. The Legend of Zelda developer is, however, <clears throat> willing to say that whatever and whenever the new console releases, Nintendo accounts, which give players access to online amenities like the eShop, will be important in creating a smooth transition to it. Nintendo president uh, Shintaro uh, Furukawa explained his intention for Nintendo accounts during a recent shareholder Q&A. The translation of the event says, quote, 
In the transition from Nintendo Switch to the next generation console, we would like to make every effort to ensure that customers can make the transition smoothly while using their Nintendo account, end quote. Uh, He replied to a question wondering if seven years of a Nintendo Switch marks its end life, uh, like how the uh, Super NES rose to replace the NES seven years after it came out. And I don't have the response to that. But anyway, um, Matt, how do you feel about Nintendo accounts being used to smoothly transition players from one console to the next? I mean, it's kind of, I, I would hope so. <laughs> that's, that's the crazy part. It's such a no-brainer, and it's like I've had the same PlayStation account since the PS3. You know, that's exactly it, and the same, uh, you know, the same Microsoft account, like the same game, yeah. Uh, yeah. game. What what do they call that? Gamer tag or whatever. Yeah. Um, forever, like since the 360, at least for me. I don't know if you. I think you could probably have carried it forward since the original Xbox, right? Xbox uh, yeah, because because Live was started then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. I don't know because okay so like here's the thing so like there was one other point in that 12 point thing that you said and I, I, it ties into this which is why I mentioned it and that was Activision CEO Bobby Kodak regrets not supporting Nintendo Switch I didn't read the whole the whole like spiel underneath it but what, what kind of spark what, it was a bit of a spark in my mind that happened after reading this because imagine you buy Call of Duty and then you can't play it on the Switch too <laughs> yeah. like you purchase a COD game like that's such a that's such a, like a foreign concept to me now where it's like you know with nintendo it's sort of like they constantly want to resell you they constantly want to resell you things they constantly want to re they constantly want you to buy uh you know in this case a subscription fee so that they can, you can use their emulator to play old games or uh in the case like adriano said like if your wii broke back in the day you just have to rebuy everything um and it's like that like that is gone and that's been gone for a very long time and yeah. like modern, I mean, sorry to say this, but like modern games like Call of Duty and all those sort of things haven't been in an environment where you have to rebuy them, especially when it's digital like that. Yeah. In a very long time. And it's 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 hilarious to think that <clears throat> Nintendo has to have that that conversation and say, okay, don't worry, we're not gonna make a Nintendo two account or something like that. Like we're gonna like don't worry, guys, like we got this. We're just gonna we're just gonna use the Nintendo account. It was even insane having a different Nintendo account for your DS and your Wii or Wii U. They had they had to merge that years later, right? But well, there was, was a, yeah, there was there was a crazy or there was a thing on the 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 DS where you had an account and then it made me upgrade to this other Nintendo account that had like an orange logo, and that mm. was for years just my mm. Nintendo account. Mm-hmm. So when I signed into my Switch, you could sign in with that, and then I think eventually they made you switch to a Nintendo account, and it was switch. like, why are we? Damn it. But why are we why are we constantly switching you know, to different freaking <laughs> like like accounts here? Now, yeah. I would like to say this is like he's saying he wants to, to he wants to make Nintendo Switch or the next, you know, the Switch 2, whatever. He wants it to make it a nice, smooth transition. What does that mean? Does that mean that you're just going to be signing in with the Nintendo account, but you're not actually going to be able to download any of your old digital library? No, I, this- I think that's what he means. I think if you already own, you know, Tears of the Kingdom digitally, I think you can sign on this new console and bring all that stuff over. And, or are and, they going to? Are they? Are they just not- your saves as well? Or are they going to make you friggin' repurchase it because that's what they used to do? Yeah, but I, I mean, I was going to say, can they get away with that? But they've been getting away with that. So they've been getting away with it, and no one's really been yelling about it. Yeah, that's I don't know. Which I think is honestly crazy. It's They're pretty nuts. It's yeah. My Wii U broke. 
by way you broke due to a software bug where it like just basically boot looped after uh, an update went wrong on an app and I returned it because it was within 30 days. So I just like straight up returned it to the store and I, I got an exchange for another Wii U, grab the other Wii U, come home, can't sign in, call Nintendo, tell them, Hey, you know, I signed it with, I made an account to play on the Wii U. Wii U broke. I have another console here. What do I do? Have to make a new account. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so now you just have this old dead account that you're keeping alive in your system for God knows how long. How is like, why would you even uh, open yourself up to that? You know what though? I think I've often said Nintendo is like, they think of themselves as the Apple of, of game consoles. Um, And I think their fan base is very much like Apple users as well that, and I'm speaking as an Apple fan. um, You're such a fan of the products that you're willing to put up with what BS there is, right? So even this, even though that it's, it's kind of ridiculous that they, they're making you buy the games over and over, <clears throat> or even now you can't buy those old games anymore. You had to buy their subscription mm-hmm. to get access to those games sometimes, or however it works. You know, I think that the Nintendo fans are just such big fans of Nintendo that they're willing to put up with that. You know. I, yeah, like, I mean, there's definitely like, you know, we're kind of ragging on them right now because I mean, at the, at this point, this is a basic amenity. So yeah. like I kind of, they deserve to be ragged on a bit. Um, but like, there's definitely some BS on any, on any console, any platform where yeah. you're just like, yeah, for sure. It's like windows. Like one of the famous things is, is something goes wrong. You look it up and almost always you're going to find, well, just reset your computer. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. single time. It's like, I'd prefer to kind of just figure out how to fix it, actually, if I can. Like, this is, you know, a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that's like a weird thing on there. Um, with Sony, you're, with Sony, you're getting uh, weird, like, hey, we don't really support mods. We don't, we have, remember that, like, the weird, like, audio codec problem they had with, with mods yeah. or something? And, like, you're getting kind of, like, whenever something tries to go a little out of the box, like, Sony kind of is like, eh? Like, what's that and mean? They famously, famously fought against um, cross-play that's right. Um, yeah, uh, th- that was thinking out of the box a little bit, though. Like at the time, it was like, "Hey, hey, we should do this," and then Sony again, "Huh? No, we're not doing that." Like, I mean, any- it does it does feel like they've relaxed on that kind of stuff recently, though? Well, they're getting paid, right? Remember we remember that document <laughs> yeah, yeah. that they're getting paid. <laughs> yeah, uh, whether they're still getting paid, who knows? But <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, Matt, that's the news. That's the Switch Two. Is it what you what you mean to say? Switch Two Electric Boogaloo. I hope they have the courage to name it that. That's a bad, it's just a bad title. I mean, courage is just like, hey, we decided to, <laughs> decided to make a bad name for our console. Enjoy. And it has like a switch dock with just a big lightning bolt for like electric Aww. boogaloo. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, what are you playing, Matt? What are you playing this week? Uh, so this week, I've been back on the Fortnite. I've been doing that a little bit. Um, Getting, I think I'm at level 30 now, which is pretty far for me anyway at this point in the season. Uh, just a few weekly quests left. The weekly quests are a little weird this time. Like a lot of them are staged quests, meaning you have multiple stages in them. But then once you beat a bunch of them or all of them in a week, you get another quest that doesn't give you XP. It just gives you one full level up, uh, which is interesting. Uh, some of those I'm just kind of stuck on because they're kind of annoying and they don't really drive with my play style. But that, I mean, that always happens. Leveling up fast enough. Uh, we all, we also, Ryan, you and I kind of identified a problem with this season, uh, and this is just a preference thing, is that the end circle always seems to, and even actually the circles before it, 
kind of push you toward the new jungle biome. And I, I, I don't know whether that's just probability or whether it's literally trying to push you toward the new biome, but there's a lot of the old maps still there. Uh, and and I'll, I'll even include like the mega city and its surrounding area in the old map now that it's, you know, months old at this point. Mm-hmm. And we don't see that area of the map anymore. It's like we just always end up in the fucking jungle. Yeah. And the jungle to me, I don't recognize any of it. So I just kind of like walk around and have to put map markers. Whereas like if I'm at uh, any of the Arctic places, I know where I'm where I am. If I'm at uh, what is it called Breakwater Bay or whatever the hell it's called, I'm, I know where I am. Mm-hmm. But like the jungle is just it's so dense and it has so much stuff everywhere that and it's so lateral that like I just don't know where the hell I am at any point. Right. Um. So it's a complaint. We don't always end, you know, sometimes we end in the Arctic. We won one in the Arctic like last night. We ended a couple of times in the mega city, but it's just something, it's just an observation. And I just sort of like, okay, I'm kind of getting fatigued with this jungle just because I can't seem to map it out in my own head. Cause it's so busy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that uh, play a little bit of Diablo four as well, of course, with you guys. Uh, and then um, I played a little bit with Aaron one session as well. Uh, pretty late and I did that with my rogue uh, I like my new leveling build with my barbarians so that's good I don't even know if I died or if I died, maybe died once on stream with you guys so doing much better uh, in that way not a whirlwind barb but I think once I hit level 50 and probably gear up a little bit then I think that's one of the end builds and that's what I'll be doing uh, more than likely uh, and I did a bit of divinity 2 um, I am now in the final act thank god uh, but they opened up an entire city and I think it's the biggest city I've ever seen in that game. So that's good. So I'm sure I'll be in there for the next friggin' 400 hours. Um, there was some news that broke actually about a related game, Baldur's Gate three. It's coming out earlier than expected on PC. I think it was delayed on PS five, but uh, 174 hours in cinematics. I think it said. I'm going to go nuts. Like, I don't know how they fit so much stuff into these <laughs> into these games like it's too dense yeah. like it, i was talking to a guy actually i went to a baby shower a couple weeks ago and i was talking to a guy and he loves these type of games i told him i was like man like those games are too much and he's like he's like they're too dense right and i'm like yeah and i was telling him about this time where i walked over this one little section of the map so many times there was nothing there and then there was like a quest later on that kind of hinted there was something there and i couldn't figure out what was there and i was in a completely completely other area wasn't near that area at all, but in the same biome, but I wasn't on the other side on that side of the island. And I just activated my spirit vision. There just so happened to be a couple spirits. I talked to them. They reveal some stuff to me. And I'm like, well, they're saying there's something over there now. So I walk over there. And now my character realizes there's like a mound there. It needs to be dug out. So I dig it out. Leads to a basement. And that basement led to like a three hour dungeon. Yeah. And it's like. Every step I take in this game, am I stepping over like a hundred hours of shit? Like I'm serious. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. Like, and what's weird about it is I've always wanted a game that kind of felt endless or I could play over and over again and constantly find new things. But now that it's, you know, maybe it's not quite there, but it's now that a game that's close ish to that is here. I'm like scared of it. I'm just, I can't like, I'm sitting there playing. I'm like, Oh my God, like where the hell are we going now? Mm -hmm. Like it's, Oh my Christ. Um, but talking about scale, I booted up uh, No Man's Sky actually this week. What? Yeah, I've been playing with a buddy on uh, on the Xbox, and we've been playing that because we beat uh, Dead Island Two. So we've been uh, playing No Man's Sky. It's on Game Pass, and we got our warp drives working, and we've been kind of zipping around different things. We built a couple of bases. I almost I almost got fucked too, which was which was crazy. Um, 
So I joined his world. We were playing and it like when I joined his world, it like automatically teleports me to above his planet. I had no warp drive at this point. I'm still in the tutorial. He goes through and does some quests, not realizing, and I didn't realize this either, that our quests are not marking the same spot. So I tell him, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to my game briefly and do like the two quests that he just did to get a warp drive. And that way I can like, you know, warp to him or whatever. And at least I can get out of this system. So he's like, okay, sounds good. I go back to my place and we have like a connection to each other's bases via portals. Uh, His base is uploaded and I can't download his base on my portal which I thought nothing of. I was like, whatever, I'll just warp over to him, even though I was kind of scared because I don't know how far away he is because I know the galaxy is massive. So anyway, I try to do my mission and it generates my objective in his area of the of the galaxy map and I'm not there and I can't get over there. So I'm like, okay. So I join his game again and it just spawns me in my base and I can't teleport to his base. And I'm like, well, I guess that's it. So I look it up and there's some people saying like, yep, you can enter like this error state in which you're just screwed. Uh, And they came out with a fix that says regenerate with uh, the current map. So I was like, okay, thank God. So I regenerate and it regenerates it over in his system. (laughs) Like it doesn't (laughs) know where I am. And so I'm like, holy Christ, luckily exiting and coming back and like joining his game directly from the main menu, teleported me to his world. And then I just like very, very quickly went and did all the warp mission stuff, got my tele, got our teleporters to work just by going back and forth a couple of times. It seemed to like allow it to download and all that stuff It seemed to allow it to work. And then that's what fixed it. But holy crap, like I almost had to restart. It was just like one of these weird, weird things where like I didn't have the technology. The technology was unlocked by a mission, but the missions across the galaxy and I can't get over there right now because one of the pieces, the only thing that's linking us, which is a portal is not working and my ship can't do it. And he's miles away anyway, like God knows how many systems away, like probably 30, 40 systems away. And it's like, this game is infinite seemingly. So like, what do we, what do we do? Like, I'm just, I'm stranded in space. I'm legitimately stranded in space. So what we did was we did those two missions, got that done. We found a new planet. And then we were both like, you know what? Let's both build bases here. So we found a big lake. He built on one side. I built on the other side. We have two bases there. So that way, if we can't teleport to each other's bases, we can always teleport to that one of those, like our own base on that planet. And we're just just across the lake from each other. Yeah. So that's what we did to uh, give us mm-hmm. some some safety. But uh, no, I'm having fun with it. It's a pretty, pretty fun one. Um, it's uh, it's a little tedious at times for sure, but I'm getting better and better technology. Uh, we found a couple ships and we, I claimed one of them and sold it and we're making some cash upgrading our stuff. It's uh pretty fun. I hope it doesn't burn me up for Starfield. Uh, but other than that, I think that's it. That's, uh, that's been my week. How about you, Ryan? Um, I mean, the things I've been playing mostly, I mean, Diablo four, obviously, or El Diablos. Um, where'd you get that from? One of the missions that you're doing with Lorath, you go to all these shrines of all these like demons and whatnot. And it has like some old writing on it, and he calls it Al Diabolos. And we were making fun of it, saying you, that it was Al Diablo or something like that. Well, because like, like well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know too much of other languages, but I think like Spanish, it would be El Diablo. Yeah. Like Diablo is already, you know, a, a Spanish word. Um. So the, I think they were just saying like, why? Why are you saying Al? It should be El. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, I've been playing that. That's been a lot of fun. Um, and then um, Overwatch, still still in Overwatch. 
I might be the last one. Does does Aaron not play with you anymore? Uh, you know he will, but he's he's doing a lot of Diablo. And then um, I booted Man. up the campaign to uh, Modern Warfare Two. Hey, oh yeah, and it's pretty awesome. The action's where, great. Where are you in it? Not far, like just two missions in. Like like two in between cutscene missions, you know. So you're not like you're not in Mexico. No. Okay. <clears throat> I did that like extraction mission at the beginning when you're trying to get that guy. And what's hilarious is like they're like you know the 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 mission is capture this guy dead or alive, but we want him alive, right? And as you're coming across this building that you think he's inside, you're getting shot at by snipers, and they're like, "We need some air support in here." And they're like, "They're like shoot it enough, but don't take down the building." And they just start blasting this house, and it's exploding. <laughs> and I'm like, it doesn't matter if it fell down or, or not. Everyone in there is dead, you know. Yeah, if he was in there, it's it's dead. Like we're delivering him dead. Your target is just going to be like paste, you know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, how it's, did you, it's a how lot did you like the like the slow rooming clear room clearing like in that one part? I think it's like the one of the first missions. It might be in that extraction mission where you like have to go room to room, and it's kind of like a ruin. Uh, like the house is yeah. all the houses are all beat up, and there was definitely a couple of times where I was going through, and I'm like, "Is that a person?" And it's almost like they didn't realize I was a person either, and then we both start shooting at each other like at the same time. No, that was very good, but um, I'm not a trained soldier. I don't know how to clear a house, and so it's like I'm trying to walk somewhere, and there's like another guy there, or like in my, he's in my way. You know what I mean? Yep. It didn't it didn't feel as good as I was hoping it would. So. It's yeah, not it's epic. Cool. It's it's slow, right? It, yeah, it's like, oh, should I do I go down that hallway? Is, where's this guy going? He's going over there. What should I follow him? You know, it's just I wish there's a little more direction, maybe, but but yeah, it's cool. So I'm excited to finish that. And that's it. I can't believe that you're the last one playing Overwatch 2. Like it's kind of crazy. Like I, she goes. Well, I figured Overwatch Two would re like it, it. It did respark, and like we had kind of had a full party for the first time ever, or mm-hmm. first time in a long time, I should say. And then like Adriano's gone, Marty's like mm-hmm. kind of very casually plays it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's, that's that's freaking. It's pretty wild. <clears throat> they made a lot of decisions um, that rubbed Adriano the wrong way, and so he's kind of lost. Um, uh, an appetite for it. Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like the old Overwatch. It definitely feels like there's a different creative team running it. It doesn't have the same kind of charm it used to. Uh, and switching over to this like season pass and then purchasing things in the shop, um, it definitely makes it feel like it's just there for the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same game with an update. Yeah, and part of that update was literally making it so that the loot boxes are gone, so you can't get good skins, and that's it. Right. Can't you get skins for free? I should say yes. And they do have ways for you to get skins, but they're just not ways that Adriano or Marty are willing to do. Like I, I still do the the stream or watching Twitch streams of Overwatch. You know, I still do all that, and they've given away free skins by by you doing that. But that, that's see, not that's, something Adrian or, or Marty are willing to do. That's a problem, though, right? Is when like I, I don't have a problem with Twitch drops. That's, that's not what I'm saying is a problem. What I'm saying is, is like. 
they delivered like a couple of different maps and Marty mentioned, I don't play Overwatch too much. I didn't play, even play the first one too much. So I'm not like fully versed in this, but Marty had mentioned to me that some of the maps were just quote unquote new maps, but it's the old map at a different time of day. Like it's at night instead of day or day instead of night. <laughs> and I was like, like, it's pretty wild that we're playing on a lot of old maps or map variants. There are some new maps. There are some new modes, hundred percent, but it's like, they added a battle pass. They took away the loot boxes, which people are critical of loot boxes, but they took away the loot boxes and they make it so that even those old skins, like if you start at Overwatch 2, you've never played Overwatch 1. I have a bunch of skins. Those are all from playing casually, very casually. Honestly, there was a couple of times where I went ham for like a week and then it stopped for months. And it's like the, the out of the loot boxes I got, I got a lot of random skins, right? Like a lot of random skins, some legendary, some purple, some blue, whatever. Now it's like, well, I'll do these challenges and like keep the grind up and purchase the battle pass. It's like, that was your update. Largely, that was your update. A couple of maps and then a battle pass. Yep. That's crazy. Like uh, what type of creative direction is that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't mind the way they're doing it with the seasons. <clears throat> you get a new map and then you get and then the next season you get a new hero you know i don't mind that but you you don't get the new hero you have to play so like halfway through the season or something in order to well, get the hero yes you don't get it instantly but i think after a couple seasons you then do get the character you get yeah there's a way to get it easily or something like in the future or, or just for free after the fact something like that yeah they also sell those heroes so you can unlock them immediately. So <laughs> their monetization is not that bad. It's bad that it came from the old monetization, though. If it started like this, then it'd be a different story. It's but this is just too. that's exactly it. Like they just added an expensive monetization scheme yeah. to a game that like I don't know if it was, I don't know if I'd call it a cheap monetization scheme, but it had a way for people to just get like a kind of lottery for a better skin and just get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got. Um, we'll be streaming uh, Diablo 4 on uh, twitch.tv slash day one patch media Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. So you can catch us there and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>